dirty hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtyhooers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant. Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Stutters Stutters. Resident Pixie. Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President Sam. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dirty Hearths Doctor Who podcast. This time we are assembled to talk about the angels take Manhattan, the power of three, a town called Mercy, dinosaurs on a spaceship, and Asylum of the Daleks. The beginning of Series 7, 2012-2013. Obviously, Matt Smith at the helm with the ponds in the TARDIS. Mostly written by Stephen Moffat and the Chibnall. Uh, I think there's one Toby Whitehouse, wasn't there? There is a Toby Whitehouse, yes. Directed by Nick Horan, who's usually all right. Saul, somebody or other, and Douglas thingy. Really, it's not worth losing any sleep. No, it's really not worth losing any sleep either. <laughs> We've decided not to review them all. We'll wait for them to come up in The Wheel of Who. And we're going to do this from now on because life is too motherfucking short to spend eight hours editing each one of these podcasts for us, for the prof, for you to have to listen to. If you want to go and listen to a <laughs> podcast that's about these individual episodes, I recommend Podshock. It's a little bit long, but they're nice people. Pharos Pro, they're lovely. They're dead, dead funny. They dress a bit weird and they do smell like old man's wee. But you don't have to meet them in person when you're listening to a podcast, so that's good. It's a good thing. Anyone else got any recommendations for other podcasts people could listen to instead of listening to us? Oh, obviously there's... The Happiness know, Patrol? The Happiness Patrol. You've got to say that very nice. carefully. Very carefully. Happiness Patrol. Very yeah. You've been watching King of the Hill again, haven't you? Jesus. I have no idea what that is. I have no basis for comparison. Is What is that? Oh, King of the Hill was by the guy who did Beavis and Butthead. And one of the very early episodes was Hank's wife, Peg, was having to teach sex education and she couldn't say the word penis. So she was saying, ha-penis, to try and just be able to say the word penis as a God-fearing Texas woman. I look forward to seeing it on reruns. Happiness. Happiness. Happy penis. Happy penis. I did it. Vagina. Hey, hey. I just said. I heard you. The whole neighborhood can hear you cussing. The early series were very good. This podcast. Oh, podcast. This one. Oh, right. This podcast. Series seven. Oh, series Doctor seven. Who, right? Doctor Who. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, how do you want to do ratings? Individual for each episode? Well, we could fly through them quick, I suppose. Asylum of the Dark. It's <laughs> twenty with a five dollar tip. Ten with the bus fare home. Twenty with a tip. And I'll go for twenty, and I promise not to wipe my knob on the curtains. <laughs> Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Flat ten. Ooh. Flat five. Ooh. Borderline ten. Flat twenty. Town called Mercy. Ten with a pop, I guess, with a soda. Dollar. Thought you meant like a can of poppers or something, you know, to get the ass. But no, ten with a pop. <laughs> <laughs> Scraping a five. I'm also giving it a ten and a nice tip, like a ten dollar tip. Script writing lessons? <laughs> I'm going to go for 
five, but maybe I'll give her some sage advice in the card of an agent I know. <laughs> just thinking of personal experience here. I'm sorry, that one just welled up. I'll tell me right back to Amsterdam. And power of three, flat 20. Five. What the hell? Why is Sen agreeing with me? <laughs> I'm saying 22, just a flat 20. Uh, all wrong. 20, but I might hide somewhere and keep it. Angels take Manhattan. 10, but she's got to give the outfit back. <laughs> <laughs> and presumably wipe it clean, too. I'll give that a 20 and a box of chockies, actually. Oh, jeez. A 20 and a $100 tip. No, wait, that doesn't make sense. Hold on. (laughs) Of course it doesn't make sense. A 20 and a new garter belt. I don't know. What the fuck? I don't use prostitutes. I'll give it a 10, but I'll let it sleep, not touch it, and just masturbate over it while it's asleep. I may make it wear glasses. Oh! And it while it's asleep, so I give it a Spider-Man. Okay. Oh! (laughs) In the chair. Let's take these overall now as five solid episodes, the start of a season, and let's give that a dirty hose rating. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's as much as you're going to All right. Okay. So here we go. A hesitant 20. Mm. On the whole, 10 with a pretty generous tip. Yeah, I guess a 20. I'm going to go for a 20 as well, flat 20. I actually thought this season was better than last season so far, but I've seen Ooh, it. Oh, dear God, no. Oh, please, come on. I think this is working quite well. Not the big overarching storyline thing and having good production values because basically the US has got on board and they've realised that they can sell this internationally for a fucking bomb now. With the amount of fucking money they spend on this, I never thought I'd see the day. And I think this could be the really big year for Doctor Who in the US when it really flowers. So much money that they can film in New York but can't actually bother their artists to go to London and do some really bad CSO against a backdrop. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's Doctor Who. The fucking set can wobble. I don't give a shit. I think they've got the right format at the moment. Doing individual episodes as opposed to a story arc with the production values that they've got going at the moment, the level of CG. I went to see a film the other day. It was really good. The CG in Doctor Who was better than it. It was a great film, though. I really enjoyed it. Looper. Great. The, Doctor Who was better. The opening 10 seconds of Asylum of the Daleks was as good as anything I've seen on a movie screen in the past mm. 10 years. It was what? fucking good. Gorgeous, and yeah. I almost wet myself when I found out that was Scaro. Yeah. Oh my dear God, was that the coolest thing ever? <laughs> I that thought the new Robo Men design was very yeah. good. Yes, it was actually. I quite like that. I didn't like it the first time. I'm sorry, but on second viewing, I, yeah, I'm sold on the new Robo Men. And you know, I totally agree with you, Ulan. I think the story arc needs to be character based. Yes. Yeah. Because Doctor Who's done that forever. Mm. Hartnell era did it with Barbara and Ian, and it was magnificent. It was great. Individual plots, with the arc being the evolution of the human characters that travel with the Doctor. And it's beautiful. It's so well done. And I still think Karen Gillum is a mediocre actress, and I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. Because... The, She's gone. They, yes. She's out of there. But, 
it was <laughs> Calm so, down, Fuchsia. But the evolution of the characters that Moffat put on paper was just beautiful. And it was done in only a way that Doctor Who can do it. Hmm. Even if the plot that actually sent them away was really pretty much shit, it was still something that only Doctor Who could do. The thing that was really good about Asylum of the Daleks was, A, very little of the plastic Daleks, and... But when they the were placed, I thought they were placed quite well. Yes, yeah. see them properly. Excellent. Everybody managed to keep it quiet that the next companion was in it. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, my God. That was really nice because I was sitting looking at it thinking, hang on, isn't that the new one? Oh, isn't it just Jenna Louise Coleman who's in it, though, not the actual companion, as far as we know? They're being but that's not that. a oh. We yeah. don't Muffin. know what's going on with that. That's Who not knows? a doesn't do mind works. No, he doesn't. Oh, I he doesn't. What it would be really think. cool, though, is if he actually goes travelling with her as the Dalek, and there's the perception filter, and you have the comedy asides every now and again of the Dalek not being able to get through the doors. <laughs> that would be funny for, like, one episode, but after yeah. a while you'd be like, okay. Uh, here's what I'd like to see, because this is something Doctor Who sort of did with River Song, but honestly, I don't think they did it very well. I think it would be cool if we saw her last episode. Matt Smith's Doctor hates endings, and he knows exactly how this one's going to end from day right. one, and it yep. drives him fucking crazy. It makes him dark. Mm-hmm. It turns him into something else, traveling with her. Mm-hmm. I would love that. I think that is going to happen to very degree, but I don't think that's what's going to cause it. I'm hoping we get a bit of a Vizsla Turlo, and she's a bit of a puppeteer, and fucks around Ooh. with him a bit, and pushes him in the, more yeah. in the direction of Valiard. Because I've seen some photographs and his costume's changing a lot. Which it's implies becoming the more first doctor. Well, not so much that. It's just becoming a little more... It's becoming more Sherlock, frankly. Yeah. Mm. It reminds me of the first doctor. He's getting a vest and a long coat. Okay, so Asylum of the Daleks. The Daleks, Genesis of the Daleks, Remembrance of the Daleks, and Asylum are the only Dalek episodes that I think are really great Doctor Who. Mm. I think this is just awesome, and it's right up there. I think if they would have had this kind of production values when they did Genesis, it would have been mind-blowing. Oh, my God. Just great science fiction. The way it was filmed or directed, that whole dream sequence where Amy's walking into that room because she's kind of dazed and she sees the people walking around and the girl and dancing and they're really Daleks and the surrealness of it. I loved it. It reminded me of weird Avengers episodes from the 60s. This was really the next level of storytelling with Doctor Who. They did so many things I hadn't done before. It was beautiful. Mm, I really loved it. But the thing that really annoyed me about it, I mean, it was beautiful to look at and there were some really great ideas in it, but they'd done all of that pond scum shit running up to it, which was utterly superfluous. Then they pulled the classic Star Trek crap of major character crisis. Oh, we've solved it in 30 seconds. Let us never speak of this again. Why? Why did it even need to be there? Well, you know what, though? I have always had a problem identifying with Amy and Rory really being in love. I still yeah. don't um, believe it. In that scene, they had fallen apart and they were mad at each other for the first half. And then they sort of had this scene where they really get down and dirty and say what they really feel at that moment and they reveal and understand each other. That made it a little bit more real and I could identify with them more as an actual couple. You know, and yeah. I, I do blame Karen Gillan for some of the problems in me <laughs> believing them as a relationship. She doesn't really communicate emotion properly. But if you You've got to that point of a relationship and it's that bad, it doesn't just get better.
answer that quickly. It was just badly set up and badly executed. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's a television program. It made sense to me. They were operating on misconceptions about each other. It's not like it's Gallifrey in history. Right, dinosaurs in the spaceship. I liked dinosaurs on a spaceship because they had me at the words Silurian arc ship. That, oh, yes. That's that it. Was cool. gave it as much of a review. That was cool. Muffet just validated the change in appearance of the Silurians. There really were two separate cultures. It looks like there was the ones who would not leave the Earth behind. They simply wouldn't. And it almost seems like they were two separate races. I mean, you can see this East meets West kind of thing where they look a little different, their culture's very different, and you've got one race that left. They got the hell out of there, and they got their asses kicked. And then you have the really introverted, they were going to stay here, they were going to bury themselves, and they were going to reclaim this planet it at all costs. And it makes sense that they were so damn aggressive back in the Pertwee era. They were a little off their rocker. I mean, yeah, yeah. really? And the sane ones got their ass kicked because the universe is really a very dangerous place. And I thought he was a good villain as well, actually. I quite liked him as a villain. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. too. A bit darker. The old doctor just kill him in the end like that. Oh, yeah. That's that was really gnarly. Very unforgiving. Sort of okay. a little bit like David Tennant when he got pissed off at those people. I used I, to have so much mercy. Human nature, where he punished them in horrible ways. I got to take issue with calling the doctor dark there. Just because the enemy doesn't have a robot shell on the outside doesn't mean he's suddenly dark by killing the bad guy. He offs Cybermen and Daleks like nobody's business. He does, mate. I agree. That was revenge and it was calculated. And he's done the same thing with the Daleks. He killed his entire fucking race, arguably for revenge against Devros. This is our Mm. doctor these days. I mean, we don't know what happened during that, but there was some real bad mojo between Devros and the doctor. Okay, this whole (laughs) thing star has been about him being on a dark path. They have repeatedly mentioned all the way through it. So this is what happens when you travel alone. You must travel with somebody. Otherwise, you're going to turn into a dark motherfucker who kills people. And we've seen it happen in the past. It's been established. It's interesting him bringing this back in, actually, I think, because it's not really his kind of plot line. This is very much more an RTD kind of thing. He's isolated the Doctor so nobody knows who the fuck he is now. He's not this big, all-powerful god that can do this. He's one very dark, very lonely man. And I think this you know, uh, into for the second half of the season. You know, a lot of times I'm thinking Moffat's completely rejecting everything that Russell T. Davies has done, but I don't think that's really yeah. true. He has been taking lots of RTD's great ideas, but performing them in a different way or executing them better. There's no more of a shift between the RTD era and the Moffat era than there was between the Pertwee and the Baker era, or any other, for that matter. I mean, look what changed when it went from Hartnell to Troughton. This is what happens when the Doctor regenerates. They're not rejecting what happened before. It's just, it's a new show with a new mm-hmm. Doctor. I mean, this is the start of the three reforms, as far as I'm concerned, because there are some beautiful ideas in it, and they're very badly executed. And there's just the, the robots were awful. Mitchell and Webb deserve shooting for their awful performance. And why bring in Nefertiti and Riddell? They were just utterly superfluous. It was a waste of two potentially very good characters. And that's the problem with the next three episodes. They've got some cracking ideas, but they're so badly executed. And that's why I could only give them five. Town called Mercy. Kind of filler. They took an entire episode to do what they already done on Dinosaurs in a Spaceship. The last yeah. 30 seconds, the Doctor was dark. Great. We got it. Move on. Skip that episode. 
episode. It was totally useless. They'd already said it. They didn't need to beat us over the head with it. He's getting darker. Shit is going wrong in his psyche. We get it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Move on. The whole episode was just a composite of every cheesy cliche you've ever seen in a Western. Therefore, the whole story was really predictable. Every scene felt predictable, except for the more intimate dialogue that was occurring between him and the other doctor. The music in that episode was bad. Really bad. Especially Terry. the duel. The duel scene was just drove me up the wall. Suddenly it was like rock something. I don't <laughs> know what. Yes. I was okay with the story. I don't think the story was any worse than Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Mm. My issue was what they did with the Doctor's character in the rest of the season, I think, was nicely done. And this one, they just decided to stand there on home plate and beat us upside the head with a mm-hmm. baseball bat. With it. Literally to the point where Amy was screaming at him, look, we get it. No, no, I thought Dinosaur on a Spaceship was worse than this. This was a low point for me. It really was. Yeah. You know, I've enjoyed what Whithouse has done before this, but this was very weak, very lazy. You're right, it it was packed full of cliches. It looked like a Red Dwarf episode, mm. which it made did. it very hard to take seriously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the bad guy kept changing his mind. He was going to kill innocents. He wasn't going to kill innocents. Yes, he was. The sacrifice didn't trigger the epiphany until about, what, 12 hours later. And it was just a very glib way of getting the Doctor out of actually having to make any form of decision whatsoever. You might as well just have animated Homer Simpson in over Amy with the comedy bloody gun routine. Awful. Yeah, I've got to agree. I didn't like the villain. He looked like an action figure, and he will be an action figure, and I will not buy him, and that's all I have to say. So let's move on to the power of three. I quite liked the look of a power of three, and I like Rory's dad. Rory's Yay. dad amuses the poo out of me. On the whole, it was okay. I could watch it again. And I'm not sure there's many in this series that I could watch again, really, and know that I was going to enjoy them. It had some great acting in it. I did not like the idea that Brigadier Alistair Lathbridge Stewart's daughter was now in charge of unit. That felt so crowbarred in, I felt violated, Shut quite up. frankly. Oh, I like I that. Her. I cried. I so did I. Crowbarred in. Sorry. No, No, you are both right. That's the sad thing. You are both right. It was brilliantly emotional. I thought it was wonderful, but it was crowbarred in, and it was a complete waste of what could have been a really, really good character. Possibly. I thought she was a really good character. Her entrance is great. The dogs do love her. But what did she do? She did nothing. There was no point in her being there. How often does the brig do nothing? I mean, sometimes the brig is just there for, you know, the doctor to be cool. She is no brig, though. She is no brig. Okay, if we don't see her again, you're right. It was crowbarred in, it was shit. But Muffet likes to bring people back. If we see her three, four more times over his run and she's flushed out, I think we'll look back on that much more favorably. If that's it and we don't see it again, then you're totally right, it was crap. She still shouldn't be the Brigadier's daughter, I'm sorry. Oh, she's great. See, to me, she even looks like she could be the Brigadier's daughter. Mm. No, she just looks like a middle-class English woman of a certain age. They all look like they could be the Brig's daughter, trust. Again, good ideas, lazy plotting. Seriously, nobody cleared up those bloody things for a year? I know, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was exactly lazy. Exactly the same place. And the only reason this one didn't get a free BJ was because of Brian and Kate. But they were horribly, horribly wasted. And okay, having had a, it's all right to commit genocide, it's not all right to commit genocide, we were back on, it's all right to slaughter innocents again this week. You know, because the doctor made no attempt to rescue those poor sods off those ships that had been kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they 
they just taking Brian? What about all those other people? Can't they push them through the elevator thing? Come on. And I just have this really horrible fear that Chris Chibnall's the next showrunner. Ooh. Uh, oh. Oh, God. Oh, dude, why did you have to throw that out there? That, puts, <laughs> that just ruins my afternoon. I need no, another I drink. Care. Chris Chibnall's the new showrunner. Or the Valiard, as we will call him. <laughs> Um, I think it'd be Gatis, actually. Oh, no, sorry, it's Gatis, isn't it? Gatis, you prefers. You've got to call him Gatis. I think it's more likely that it's Gatis. I hope it's Gatis. I could stomach Gatis, to be honest. There's one thing that I would like to make a point on this episode, because there's a friend of mine who's a casual Doctor Who viewer, and we were having a chat about the series as a whole before Angels Take Manhattan aired, and she was going, I don't really like this series, because I don't really get what's going on. And she was specifically asking me about this episode. She's going, so this Stuart woman, why is she important? What's she got to do with anything? And I was thinking, well, yeah, you know, for us who know who the Brigadier is, that was possibly a nice touch depending on your frame of mind but for casual viewers there was this person who was obviously supposed to be really important to the doctor and had no clue why she was important because the references to the brigadier have been basically he's in peru he's dead so they were confused and the fact that she really didn't enjoy this season because it just didn't make sense for her okay Um, perhaps could have a little vote on this if they think that new fans count perhaps they could let us know on our facebook page or or twitter or Count. We won't care. The series is made for the new fans, not yes. for old fans. Series, they just toss us a bone once in a while, but it's really yeah, it's new people. New series only fans who make a deliberate point of not participating in the old series. Not everyone has to sit down and start with Hartnell. That's fine. Yes. Great. But people who say, oh, that's old, that's black and white, that's crap. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they don't count. If you're open-minded to the whole thing, that doesn't mean you have to obsessively watch the whole series. But if you're just open-minded to the fact that, yes, in 1965, some people were good writers just because it didn't have fancy special effects. As long as you're open to that fact, it's fine. With the greatest respect, we've come from a time, it's not our doctor now, but we'll give it enough leeway that we'll sit and watch the new episodes and go, that was cool. Exactly. And I'm glad you've brought that up because this is the first time in the new run that I haven't felt that this was my doctor. Huh. Mm-hmm. Up until now, I've always thought, yes, I can get on board with this, but this half season, it has been, no, this is definitely not my doctor and, anymore. And even sometimes, at times, I could have cheerfully slapped Matt Smith because it was becoming very one note. Yeah, I agree with you. It has been one note, but why else has it not been your doctor? I, I'm interested to see if I'm feeling the same thing because I it's the of... sloppy plot writing. The fact that they are just squandering excellent ideas because they're that's, not that's checking nothing... for internal consistency. Yeah, but that's not to do with no. the doctor. That's just the yeah. he's, he's still Why the doctor. The doctor? It's but it's what they're asking him to expect. do. They're just doing the same th- things with him. It's like, oh, I'm crazy. Me, look at me. Woo-hoo, I'm waving my hands around. I'm so tired of that glibness and goofiness. Well, you want to see one note? Go and do a couple of years of fucking Peter Davidson and come back. You want to see one note? Uh... Fuck's sake! This this, <laughs> this is fucking Shakespeare in the Park by comparison, motherfucker. Shit, you know. <laughs> yes. We yes, know you're not with Davison. Let's do Muppets Take probably. Manhattan. All right, Muppets yeah. Take Manhattan. Is that's kind of what it was? <laughs> oh, it, am I the only one who went? Okay, shirt buttons to granny buns. We get the fucking Statue of Liberty. Oh, God. am I the only? Oh, one yeah. Who yeah. Really? Yeah. Is there yeah, no one that ages ago? Back then, there was what eight million people in New York at that time period. No, no one's know. looking at the Statue of yeah. Liberty. Are you yeah, fucking exactly. kidding me? Exactly. I, I was like ridiculous. How does that happen? 
happened. There's always someone awake in New York in the middle of the night. Yep. Someone's always looking at the Statue of Liberty. It's the biggest tourist statue in the world. There's no way it could be walking around, especially if it's making a thunderous sound. <laughs> yeah. It was like yeah, Ghostbusters too. Ghostbusters. That's what it reminded me of. Ghostbusters. Oh my god. Yep. The character writing in this was so beautiful and they wedged it yeah. into an absolute piece of shit plot. Just a worthless pile of poo with all these beautiful character moments. It felt so disjointed. It it folded along at such a pace that it wasn't until later that I went, yeah, the plot sucks. So I have been much more generous. But this is Moffat all over, though. Moffat is very good at bowling you along at such a pace that it's only when you come back to sit down and look at it later you think, that makes no sense whatsoever. Whereas all the other ones, it was patently obvious from the word go that they didn't make any sense. Whereas this one, at least it was sort of 30 seconds after it finished, pretty but vacuous. Can I just you know ask, what? did anybody cry? Me, did I it well a tear in anybody's eye? Oh, yeah. The last did it? All right, fair enough. At the end, no, the last five minutes. Well, the first time Rory died, and he was holding Amy's hand, and then the second time that they committed suicide, and then when again he disappears, and then Amy goes after him in the did cemetery. Nothing. I uh, just mm, totally yeah. wailed, especially when they showed little Amelia. Oh, that was the bit that made awesome. me cry, was when little Amelia cool. yeah. turned up, because yeah. she's the one I'm going to miss because Caitlin is great. I'm not going to miss Karen Gillan. I am going to miss Rory and his dad, but I'm really going to miss Caitlin because she was brilliant. I've been waiting for that ending scene from the very beginning when they first showed her waiting and I was like, they've got to wrap that up. But can I say, what the hell happened with the scene where Rory and Amy wave at themselves, waving back at them on the (laughs) other hillside? What the fuck happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The prof said exactly the same thing. He's like, where the hell is that? does this happen? Yeah, another one of these massive plot threads that we're never going to find out why right. the hell it happened. And where is the top floor of Amy's house? We never found out why there's a top floor that nobody wow. recognizes is there. Big finish. If they it show it with the big camera. Big finish will bend that over and rape it for years. No, they won't because <laughs> they're not allowed to do new series stuff. I'm like, why not? No. No, they're not. It's a specific part of their contract. They're only allowed to do the old stuff. They're not allowed to do new doctors. Inexplicably, the world continues to turn. Moving (laughs) Stephen Moffat still has it. Asylum of the Daleks was a well-written episode Mm. with some flaws, Mm. but great premise, beautiful character moments that weren't perfect. This felt like the original Stephen Moffat. Mm. That was great. But Angels Take Manhattan, oh my God, that was an RTD time travel plot. Yeah. Yeah, Bad RTD time travel plot. Yeah. You know, it was. I didn't still have good. so much trouble with those time travel plots as much as how many times people were not looking at angels that were right next to them, and those <laughs> angels could have taken them away like ten times over to wherever the fuck they wanted to. And why were the angels? Uh, and the ageless god thing. Ugh, please let me vomit somewhere. Does he blow his next regeneration, healing her hand? Uh, yeah, but you've got I, to admit those baby angels were bloody freaky. Those were good. So babies. How do you guys pronounce the word quay? Do you guys say key? key? Yeah. Why is it? Okay, key. but then you say quaint. If you say the word quaint, you say quaint. Yes. Yeah, that's but, the English language for you. Okay, because yeah, yeah. in America uh, we say quay. You say quay for what? Key. For quay. <laughs> for quay. What's quay? No, no, what's Q-U-A-Y. Quay? Key. Key, yes. Key. Q-U-A-Y. Quay. That's a key. Winter key. You don't yeah. say. Sorry, you say Florida Keys. Isn't that Q U E Y? No, that's K E Y. Yes, isn't it? Oh, my mind yeah. is blown. 
good, good. Really, is it? Yeah. It's got like yeah. a key, like a key that you're more about up next to a key. Like it's a key. Got an extra, it's got an extra E in it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> I'm so sorry, he's from Barcelona. <laughs> oh, we'll always find that funny future and no one else ever will. <laughs> Is it me or do the angels feel totally capitalistic? And let me explain what I mean by that. <laughs> Blink was utterly fucking brilliant. Yes. Yep. It was 21st century sci-fi at its best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still get the impression that Muffet never intended to bring them back. And it was simply, mm. we can sell ratings, we can sell action figures, we can sell shit. And ever since Blink, I thought the Angels have been going steadily downhill and they yes. started shit after yes. Blink. It just seems like he's money-grubbing. And now to end a half season with them and throw out what few rules you already had with them. Yeah. Here's what I really loved about blank they couldn't move because we were watching them mm-hmm. yeah i loved yeah. that they made it very obvious that we were viewers and that because we were watching the angels on the tv screen they couldn't move and i thought that was just fascinating and he just threw all of that great storytelling i mean, yeah, I mean this is it because i always assumed they were an alien race but now it looks more like they're a disease because they'd apparently infected every statue in new york and also this yeah. thing about the image of an angel becomes an angel bloody hell the number of pictures of the statue of liberty everybody's screwed but he wiped all that out by causing a paradox and destroying their feedings yeah. end, didn't he except for that one survivor very handily at the end. What happened at the time bracelet? She didn't seem what to lose it. Vortex, vortex manipulator. She was in the room with Rory. Give him the vortex manipulator. Send him or go with him all together. They could have gotten out of that room. No big deal. Or how about this? The last time we had a paradox, it took the universe's last TARDIS to hold it open and not destroy the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And this time, oh, it was just a tool <laughs> to kill off some angels. What the fuck? Yeah. Really? And another time we had paradox, huge creatures turned up devouring everything. Yes. Right. Around the, yeah. Yes. All this day. Right. And all of a sudden, there's no consequences. Yeah. Well, there the were consequences one could say, but hey. Well, the most interesting about this is it just basically shows how petty the Doctor is if you don't do what he wants. Okay, it's a fixed point in time. They're back there now. He's not stopping River from going visiting them, obviously. So New York can handle that time buggering about. But he's not even going to go visit them because he's pissed off at them because... Amy did something he didn't want her to do. Fuchsia, you don't really like the Doctor, do you? And I'm not being funny. You don't really like him, I do you? I think he's getting particularly <laughs> petty. And I kind of like my Doctor to be a bit more noble and gentlemanly. I, Has I the Doctor ever been the... noble and gentlemanly? Uh-huh. He's shown evidence of it on occasion, yeah. On occasion, maybe, yeah. But is that hard to think that's the core of his being? Oh, Harnell, come on, the guy who left his granddaughter in the middle of fucking... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah, yeah that was a bit of a gift. The doctor now is how old? And when he... Well, apparently over a thousand now, according to what he said yeah, in the season. Yeah, he's now. Mm. But Troughton was 700. So when you say, oh, well, that's Hartnell, most of the Doctor we know was spent in that incarnation. Mm. At least half. Mm. Half of the Doctor we know lived as a petty, bitter old man who ran away from home because he was being a child. Well, 600 years will do that to you if you're trapped on Gallifrey being in college, etc. Yes. And you're just flaking it right. through on the second attempt, yada, yada. If you were called feet, <laughs> you'd want to get out of there. <laughs> what are you referring to in this last point that you were making? You, you were referring referring to a certain scene or something. The bit where he's going on about that he can never see them again if she goes back. No, you could oh. see them again. You can't no. go travelling with them ever again. Yeah, but he did say there was a fixed point in time. A fixed point in time do normally stop it. Yeah. How come it didn't stop River from visiting them? Right. 
It didn't. And she's even a Time Lord. Exactly. X. Time Lord. Not really a Time Lord. Uh, time Not Lord's anymore. Going to the Academy. I don't know. She does a pretty good job with the TARDIS. What makes a Time Lord? Yeah. It's a Doctor Tour. Or the TARDIS tour. Okay. Consider that the Academy then. She has a Why don't they even have an Academy? Why don't they Sen, I did not consider that the Academy. And you have no right to hold the rank of Lord President if you... <laughs> God damn it. Well, He is the last... If there's going to be any more, there's only one left to teach them, like it or not. I'm I mean, so she's... sick of the last time, Lord Bullshit. And <laughs> you're an ageless god, please. I quite like that line, actually. But you see, I like all that. I actually quite like all that. I like the tragedy of the whole man alone, only... doesn't matter. It's why the people like Senna I like Doctor Who. Deep down, deep I, inside, come on. Oh, you men. I liked it a few years ago. I, I did, but I think it's time for them to do something about it. I think they have done something about it. I think he's gone, yeah, I don't want all this adoration and shit. I'm just going to wipe myself from history. Thank you, yeah. Dalek girl. Thanks for doing this, 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 this right now. I'm just going to travel. But it's not good for him to travel on his own. And he knows it's not good for him to travel on his own. He's going to have to get somebody. And I think in the rest of this series, the person that he's going to get is going to fucking shaft him. He in the knows. same way that Turlo could have done if he was on his own. Turlo was just rubbish. That was good. That was good. <laughs> If Tello hadn't been rubbish, wow. Yeah. And the rest of them hadn't been there to be the lawful good element in his life. Not that Tegan well, was evil. Turlo wasn't rubbish in Planet of Fire. And there were some moments there oh. where he was talking the Doctor into some things. And you saw what he could have been. You're totally right, Ulan. He was a manipulator. And Davison's Doctor was susceptible to that. It was his job, though. That's why the Guardian yes. put him there. It was his job. Yeah. Okay, see, I right. haven't seen Planet of Fire. I've only seen the other ones where he is just basically utterly useless. Planet of Fire is probably the best Turlo episode. Oh, it's brilliant. Under. I loathe Turlo, and that was brilliant. Yeah. He was awesome in that. That was a high point for companions. Sad to say that, isn't it? Wow. Okay, Alrighty listen, then. let's really got to get out of here, because we've been, like, podcasting oh. half an evening. And- Are we going to do Wheel of Who? <laughs> we should do Wheel of Who. Oh, my yes. God. We should totally roll the Wheel of Who. Okay. Animatronic cat. Bit of pussy cat love. Oh. The cat has actually just come to say hello to me. Look, cat. Did you hear oh, that we're going to do God, I've already seen it. All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Oh, God. Thank you, Wheel of Who. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we probably will do a review of the Christmas special, but we probably won't do a review of last in the season. We'll probably do it like this. If you want to go and get a review from somebody else, we won't oh, shout at you for seeing other women. <laughs> you don't get that offer everywhere. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Hose Doctor Who podcast. Just very quickly, I am going to flick to Facebook. Uh, don't forget, we're also on Twitter. And, and on G+. On what? G+. Right, yeah. Google+. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just going to thank the 11 people who said it was awesome that we were going to be doing a podcast today. And those 11 people are the lovely are hotter than the sun Lydia Norton, Chris Buchanan, Teresa Klapperich from Campbell High School, Vikram Shiva, Istvan Hajdu, Jeff Waddle. Hello, Jeff. Good man. Good man, the Waddle. Hey, um, Lynette Clister-Gilbert. Lynette, anyway, thanks, Lynette. Peter M. Quinn, Andrew Hunt, 
Richard Maddox and the awesome Vicky Tanaki. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Lots of other people are on our Facebook page too. We post a lot of silly images and ask lots of questions of you. Big news this week that we posted on the site. There's going to be a Brigadier Joe and Jellyguard action figure release, which I'm terribly excited about, obviously, because I love my action figures. We also managed to post a picture of Patrick Troughton riding Colin Baker in a swimming pool. Oh, that was uh, awesome. Uh, that was great. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Patrick Troughton looking fit. Doesn't he? He looks oh, yeah. really fucking buff in that, yeah. doesn't he? And a picture of Captain Jack eating a banana. Where do we find this shit, I ask you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Hoods and Doctor Who Podcast. Hope you are too. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to... The Dirty Hoods Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHoods.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. Come on, cat. No, come on, cat. No. Oh, God. What the fuck are you doing? Survival's next episode. Fuck off. Go on. <laughs> Have some treats. Oh, that's oh the, the kitty treats. Come on. There you go. That's the man. That might be the tag at the end. There you go. <laughs>